All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by the co-host of the ATL Day Ones podcast, Jarvis Davis, uh, on the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast feed. We're going to be talking about the Falcons and what to watch for at OTAs, Deion Jones's future, and whether or not the Falcons still have one more roster move to make on the offensive defensive lines you are locked on falcons your daily atlanta falcons podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day so guys you know me i'm aaron freeman been covering the falcons for many years formerly at falcfans.com r.i.p still going strong on twitter at falcfans and of course the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family. And I want to thank everyone that makes Locked On Falcons their first listen each and every day. Locked On Falcons is free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, as well as the video version of the podcast on YouTube. If you subscribe to the Locked On Falcons YouTube channel, give us a like when you do. You'll get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops and if you're watching us on youtube you notice i'm still holding my microphone because my microphone stand broke uh and if you're listening to us i apologize in advance if the audio is a little wonky uh as my hand shakes as i talk and the volume changes each and every time but yesterday wasn't too bad so hopefully uh we'll have another good day and i know we'll have a good day because i'm joined by one half of the atl day ones podcast that is of course Jarvis Davis, you hear him every single day on Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast feed alongside Tanitra Batiste. And of course, you know, you're also checking out the other great shows on Locked On Sports Atlanta, like uh, A to Z with Mark Zeno and Hitting Harder with John Chuckery. But Jarvis is here with us once again uh, to talk a little bit about OTAs. First of all, I want to say, Jarvis, welcome back to Locked On Falcons. And then my first question for you is sort of what should fans be paying attention uh, to this time in the calendar year where the Falcons have, you know, several weeks of OTAs followed by a mandatory minicamp, what's sort of at stake uh, for the Falcons at this point in time in the calendar? I think you, I think the first thing that comes to mind is like what the rookies look like with the veterans, you know, with the veterans around, because I think that's a, that's a big key, right? Because you have the rookie minicamps where it's just guys are in the same boat, right? You know, I'm here trying to prove myself if I'm an undrafted free agent or I'm here trying to, you know, make the squad if I'm a, you know, um, you know, a, a low level rookie or or I'm a guy, I'm a veteran trying to, you know, make a squad like a Geronimo Allison or something like that. But now you have guys that are established in, in the locker room as well and as well on the field. So I think how the rookies kind of interact with the vets. And, and if you still see Desmond Ritter taking that leadership role while he's, he's give if he gets some first team reps, you know, or even with the backups, like how does he act, carry himself with all the veterans on the field in the huddle? Does he command the huddle still like he did when it was a, nothing but other rookies out there? So um that's one thing. And then, then also defensively, man, I think this is kind of a story, a storyline that many people haven't really been talking about like that. And I know you probably touched on this. Uh, I'm really interested to see Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant really just take that that combination to the next to the next level because uh, we saw some things with Richie Grant and how he you know struggled to get on the field 
And then you saw him kind of integrate himself into the lineup, you know, in a nickel spot. You know, he was drafted to be a safety in the second round, but he was a guy that came in and gave you some solid work at the nickel because that's where they needed him. Isaiah Oliver was done for the season, so they were like, hey, go put, go down there and play nickel. So, and, and I think he did a solid job coming in. And I think Jalen Hawkins played himself into some, some, some snaps as well last year. And I, I really – think that would be a, a solid safety combination if those guys figure that thing out because Jalen Hawkins is a guy that, that he's a playmaker and I know for a fact that Richie Grant is a, is a ball hawk and I think seeing him get settled into that maybe that free safety that free safety role and Hawkins kind of roaming around and, and doing this thing and out there making some big hits on the field I think that's something to kind of keep an eye on as uh, Otez get rolling. Yeah, uh, I think you make some great points. Obviously, you get an opportunity for some of these young guys to really get their first exposure to some of the veterans and sort of seeing what they can sort of glean from those guys. Uh, but you're right with the safety group. That's going to be a big question mark for this team because when you you know, you know look at the cornerback room, you have some proven players there. You know, the linebacker, <laughs> you've had some turnover at that position, but you had several guys there that have NFL starting experience in this league with guys like Rashawn Evans. We'll talk about whether Deion Jones is going to be there coming up. Uh, but you also bring in Nick Kwiatkowski, who's been a longtime veteran. And we know that we have some pieces up front that they're working with, but that safety group is a big question mark, right? We right. have high hopes for Jalen Hawkins. We have high hopes for Richie Grant. We saw what Eric Harris could do uh, last year. They pick up Dean Marlowe, you know, guy that has some veteran experience, can be sort of an effective dime safety as he was for several years with the Buffalo Bills, but you just don't really know what Grant and Hawkins are going to bring as starters. And I think the Falcons are hopeful and optimistic as I think most fans are that those two guys will sort of grab the bull by the horns and sort of, you know, get that, get this team back to, to getting good safety play, which we haven't really seen from this Falcons defense in a number of years, really since the heyday of Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen. Uh, And unfortunately, you know, Keanu Neal dealt with injuries and Ricardo Allen dealt with, I guess you could call it age uh, at a certain point, as well as injuries. So um, it'll be interesting to to keep an eye on, on those two guys as the rest of the summer unfolds. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing about it, you know, because like, it seems like for me, you know, defensively, that's where you're going to see a lot of the young guys, you know, just you're going to be counting on a lot of young, young guys to, to produce. Right. You know, when you think about, you know, A.J. Terrell, you know, coming into – he came to his own last year and started establishing himself as one of those guys. You want to see some uh, some upgrades there. You know, maybe he can get a, get some get some more work on Sundays because we know it was a lot of balls going favoring him on Roseway last year. So, um, Casey Hayward is, is – I can vouch for him saying that he's a lot better than Fabian Monroe and you're going to get – you know, he's probably going to get some more um, opportunities to kind of take the ball away. And I, and I think that's where you're going to try to start to see his upgrade his game. And, you know, obviously on Abby Ketty, you know, second round pick, you know, they traded up for him. So that's a guy you want to see, you know, they're going to be depending on, you know, because I think just the youth all the way around is is something they're going to be counting on all, all around over there, you know, versus the offense, you know, offensively. There are some guys that you want to see, you know, play better. You know, like Jalen Mayfield. Can he? Uh, can he play better? Uh, you know, as far as uh, um, um, Matt Hennessy, can he 
be the guy to say, you know, hey, you know what? Y'all maybe don't need to go out and go pick up another offensive lineman or a veteran guy who's been in the league and knows how to play center. You know, <laughs> so you know, those are the type of things that you want to see. And, you know, and what are is Caleb McGarry going to be the starter? Those are some of the things that you want to keep an eye on. But I think that defensively, though, it's going to be a lot of young guys that you're going to be looking to step up. And I think it starts with, you know, with with these practices and in, in, in OTAs. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll circle back to that offensive line and maybe the Falcons being a veteran uh, on that side of the ball a little bit later on today's episode here with Jarvis Davis. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Deion Jones and whether or not he is in the Falcons' future plans as we continue today's Locked on Falcons podcast guys but of course Jarvis is here I got to plug the Locked on Sports Atlanta podcast feed uh, if you're not checking out ATL day ones every single day with Jarvis and Tanitra you should you can also check out Hitting Hard with John Chuckery A to Z with Mark Zeno these guys are covering uh, all of Atlanta sports all of Georgia sports and of course any sort of national headline making news as well each and every day and of course if you subscribe to Locked on Sports Atlanta on YouTube you'll also get the Atlanta Braves postcast with Locked on Braves breaking down the highs and the lows of every single Atlanta Braves game. And you can find them all on your preferred podcast platform as well as on YouTube. And guys, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, but in fact is better than a candy bar because Built Bars not only taste good, they're good for you because they're low in sugar, calories, and carbs, but also high in protein and fiber. And right now, Built Bar has their brownie batter puff. I've told you about that. Uh, it's the puff flavors of the first protein-infused marshmallow, and the brownie batter puff tastes just like licking the bowl when mom used to make those brownies for you. And now that you've gotten a little bit older, people sort of look at you a little funny when you're out there licking the bowl and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, get the brownie batter puff, and uh, no one will look funny at you anymore. And if that's not interested in you, you can check out the Grasshopper Cookie uh, available for part-time. You know, if you like Thin Mint, uh, that's a great cookie for you. Um, the granola flavors are back. So if you missed an opportunity to try the chocolate coconut, the chocolate peanut butter, or the white chocolate berry, you can find those by heading on over to built.com. And when you do use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code lock 15 L O C K E D one five for 15% off at built.com. So here with Jarvis Davis of the ATL Day Ones podcast, thanking all you guys that make Locked On Falcons and Locked On Sports Atlanta uh, your force. Listen each and every day. Uh, but let's talk about Deion Jones. He's been a topic of frequent discussion these last several weeks, and people have been, you know, speculating about whether or not he is, you know, in his last days here in Atlanta. I guess my question to you, Jarvis, is. Do you think Deion Jones will be on the Falcons roster when training camp starts in July? To be honest with you, I don't think so. Um, and my the thing that I'm interested in is how he's not going to be on the roster, right? Are they going to be able to find a suitor for him to be able to trade? Are they going to be able to trade him? Because, you know, everybody's been speculating about Deion Jones not being on this roster. I know I've talked about it at nauseum on our podcast. I know you've mentioned it and we've talked about it, you know, being on the podcast as well. So I, it's just a, I think the only thing for me is like, what do we know what we've seen from Deion Jones in, last year, right? We've know he's kind of been on a steady decline ever since he got that back. 
And I, I think that other teams see that too. So, okay, what kind of value does he really have? That's that's the top, that's what I start. That's the kind of level I'm on as far as what what the Falcons can do with him. And are they in a space where they know that everybody is probably not going to value him as well? And would they get to the – do they feel that if they – everybody sees that, are they going to be in a space where they just going to cut him and, and just say, hey, you know, go on, go on about your business and we'll say what? I think it's like a million dollars uh, on the end cap space uh, to, 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 you know, to do it. So it's just, it's just a lot of different factors that I don't think that he's going to be on the roster. I'm just interested to see, like, how they handle it. And that'll tell you exactly how they feel about, you know, Deion Jones as a player. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember if it was in the Jeff Schultz article that he wrote this week at The Athletic or it was something else I was reading or, or listening to or something. And I think they were talking about how, like, there's not going to be a trade market for, like, Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo because every team in the league knows, like, they're not going to keep those guys. And eventually the 49ers or, or Cleveland – when it comes to those two guys are going to have to, to cut them uh, if they want to get rid of them and no team's going to give up value. And part of me kind of sits here and thinks that may be the situation with the Falcons next week when uh, I, I believe next Thursday uh, is June 1st. June 1st, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. They can uh, make that roster move, or I guess it's June 2nd. I guess it's technically the, the day that they can actually cut him. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sitting here because, you know, it's been kind of – told to me that like the Falcons have been open to moving Deion Jones for over a year now uh, since yeah. this regime came in and they haven't really gotten any nibbles on that. And I wonder if it's kind of a situation where, you know, teams kind of know, well, you, you're going to cut him, right? Cause why, why should we give up a, a draft pick when you just can cut him and then we can get him for much cheaper uh, than they would have to, by trading for him. So I do wonder in the same way as you, that if a trade does not develop, are the Falcons just going to sort of cut bait with him at that point in time and just move on? Um, Or are they going to basically, you know, wait and hope that a decent trade develops? And if that's the case, you know, that may be a situation where a decent trade may not develop until we get into the season in the trade deadline where a team is going to, look at some injuries that they may have and say, okay, we need to go out there and get a fast athletic linebacker like Deion Jones. He can help this, our football team. And we'd be willing at that point because, you know, some, you know, team that's in playoff contention or whatever feels like that's a piece that can keep their season alive. Uh, and so I'm, I'm the same as you basically just curious to see how, if Deion Jones is, you know, done playing for the Atlanta Falcons, how sort of his exit uh, manifests. You know what? And another thing I was thinking about, kind of like, almost kind of like how we got here, right? Because, you know, I remember when Dion was drafted with the team, and like I said, been covering this team is, you know, for, for some time as well. And it just seems like he just wasn't interested, you know, in the past couple of years. You know what I mean? Because, like, I've always, I've always kind of used Grady Jarrett as an example. Like, when he first came in the league, he was built a certain way, right? And then after his rookie year, you came, he came back in the camp and he reported to camp. I was like, dude, this dude like totally changed his body because a lot of times when guys come into the NFL, essentially they're just working out 
combine. They just being combine warriors. That's 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 all they're working towards, you know, and they're working out as such, right? Right. So, and after their rookie year, they kind of go back and kind of go back to the drawing board. And say, okay, here's the the specific type of training that I need to do in order to be a better football player, not to be able to run a fast forty. You know what I mean? So, and with Dion, I didn't see that. Like, I didn't see that, and his body kind of has been the same since he's been in the league. And you know, a lot of times, man. When you come in and your best asset is being athletic and 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 fa- being fast, that doesn't necessarily get better with time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can't. So if you can't run as fast as you used to be able to, you know, you can't be stick with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, um, um, step for step, you know, coming out of the backfield. Like a lot of times, you you lose your value, and I think that's what we've seen with Deion Jones. He's lost his value, and you brought in a system that is just not conducive to him being productive <laughs> he just can't sustain himself in that in that in that system i believe you know being a three four inside linebacker i just don't see him being successful there so i, I think that's the for me it's just kind of like we saw the steady decline we we saw you know him not being a fit in that in that scheme and then the last piece is he's not necessarily a a leadership guy right you know, Grady Jarrett, leader, guaranteed. Jake Matthews, leader. And those are the guys you saw, hey, we want to keep these guys around because we're going to need help, you know, relaying our message. And I don't think – I never I never really saw Dion in these past couple of years be that guy. You know, he's kind of a little honorary sometimes when you try to talk to him in the locker room. And I just think that he just – his mannerisms and everything, it just, it just tells me – Exactly what the Falcons have told you by the guys that they've signed that, you know, he's on his way out. But, you know, like I said, come June 1st or June 2nd or whenever it goes down, it's just going to be interesting to see how how it goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on, on those two points, like I think early in Deion Jones's career, he didn't have to change his body or, or, or be a, a certain type of player. And I, I mentioned this on uh, yesterday's episode when I was talking about Troy Anderson, um, because like he played in on a team that had a really potent offense, right? And yeah. so we knew the Falcons could score points, and basically he could just play coverage, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, and you it was know, perfect. He was trying to throw the ball to get back into the game, and that was what he was really good at was in coverage. And then I think the last couple of years where you haven't seen that sort of high flying Falcons offense, teams have been able to run the football and be able to stay committed to running the football in the in the second halves of games and I think that's kind of exposed his limitations he's he's never been a great run defender but it didn't really matter when the Falcons were scoring you know 30 points a game or whatever the case may be because teams couldn't be committed to running the football all that often um and then the last point on the leadership thing that's been something I've harped on with with Deion Jones over the years is because of you know watching the film and you're seeing a guy that's not necessarily always gap sound or assignment sound when it comes to the run defense right hard to be you know you know a lot of leadership is is accountability right it's about you know you're accountable to your teammates and whatever things and it's hard to be that sort of accountability guy in the locker room when when anybody watches the film and they're seeing like that guy's not doing his job how am i why why should i listen to that guy as the leader of this team or the leader of this unit or whatever the great or whatever the case may be when he's not necessarily doing his job, why should I be accountable for what I'm doing? And when he 
choose me out on the sideline. Why should why shouldn't it be in one year and out the other? Because I'm sitting here thinking like you're not doing your job either. So like, you know, why you get mad at me or whatever the case may be. And so I think that's been sort of a limiting factor. And I think these two things have sort of collided these last couple of years to to make some of these issues that Deion Jones has been having uh, just kind of get more magnified more and more. And you're, you're kind of seeing more of the limitations of Deion Jones than necessarily the strengths of his, which we saw earlier in his career when he didn't have to be that leader. Uh, and when he didn't have to have to, you know, be this super physical run defender because the Falcons offense was so good and, and the offense was their best defense at that point in time. Yeah. You know what? And, and the thing that, that comes to mind when you, you know, talking about Deion Jones and is from a leadership standpoint, the two guys I mentioned, right? Jake Matthews and Grady Jarrett, the, their biggest asset is consistency, right? You know, no matter how you feel, how good or, or great or rank Jake Matthews is probably one of the left tackles in the league. You know exactly what you're going to get each and every Sunday. He's going to, one, he's going to be out there damn near every play by himself, no help by, no by, by himself. No, a, no chill. Yeah. Doing his gonna, thing. He's like, exactly. I, I got the best pass rusher. I'm, I'm all by myself out here. I got, you know? he may get me one. He may be give me once, maybe even get me twice, but guess what? Those other three, two, a hundred snaps or whatever, how many snaps they do in the game that he, you know, exactly. He's going to hold it down. And, and then Grady Jarrett, same thing. You know exactly what you're going to get from nine, seven, every play each and every Sunday. And like I said, when you have guys, those young guys looking up to you, you know, for that, and they looked and see that. It's easy to be a leader then. You know, you can lead by example. You don't really have to say anything. But, like you said, Deion Jones hasn't been consistent. He's been up and down. He's been like the stock market. You know, so it's just a, when you don't have that in place and you weren't necessarily a, a, a leadership-type guy in the first place, you just kind of led by example by playing really well, It. This is just a combination for like where we are right now. This is why we are here right now in this in this moment. Yeah, I, I think that's two great points there. Two great examples of accountability. Even if you know Jake Matthews and Grady Jarrett aren't raw raw leaderships uh, leaders, you know you can't sit there and get mad at them if you're going through the film. No, and they're definitely 100 percent accountable for for what they're Indeed. doing. They're out there busting their tail each and every week. So I think that's a great point there. Um, and uh, speaking of Grady Jarrett and Jake Matthews and the positions that they play on the offensive and defensive lines, we're going to be talking a little bit with Jarvis about uh, sort of which of those two units needs the most help. That if the Falcons have a roster spot opening up, uh, if they do decide to move on from Deion Jones in the next week or two, uh, which side of the ball would Jarvis like to see the Falcons, um, you know, bolster with that one roster spot? And maybe I'll take the sort of opposite end and we'll have a little bit of a back and forth here as we continue today's Locked On Falcons, guys. Uh, but before we get there, let me tell you about the Locked On Sports Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. If you're trying to get all the sports news covering all of the sports, the biggest headlines, biggest stories from around the world, uh, you can find that on the Locked On Sports Today podcast on your preferred podcast platform, including on YouTube. So, of course, guys, still here with Jarvis Davis of the ATL Day Ones podcast. Uh, Jarvis co-hosts that with the lovely Tanitra Batiste. And I know you guys recently talked about the Falcons adding some help in the trenches this summer before training camp to bolster the roster. I know you talked about bringing in someone like a veteran like J.C. Treader 
uh, to come in and, and bolster that position. I know she talked about Akeem Hicks. Uh, I've mentioned sort of Akeem Hicks as a potential option for the defensive line. So my question for you, Jarvis, is what do you feel like if you have one roster move to make between now and the start of the training camp or the start of the season? You know, is it more important for the Falcons to bolster the offensive line or the defensive line? Man, it is so I'm so torn with this one because, uh, like you said, you know, when we talked about some talked about this on the show, you know, Tanitra kind of hinted at what who she was going to um, talk about. But when she said it out loud, I was just like, oh, my God, why didn't I say that? You know what I mean? Because, like, I know what it looks like when, you know, that defensive line is humming, man, because Akeem hits it. Is an absolute monster. Now, I'm not saying he is what he, you know, was when he was 27 years old. I think he's like 32 right now, 31, 32 years old. And I think that's a prime candidate type guy for the Falcons, a one year, maybe even a two year contract um, type guy. But the, the, the head coach is the, is the offensive coordinator, man. And, I know what we saw with that offensive line last year, giving up 40-plus sacks again. You know what I mean? So I think that in order for Arthur Smith's system to work to perfection, they have to be able to run the football. And J.C. Treader is probably one of the better blocking um, centers in the NFL. And, and a lot of people say, well, he got cut, Jarvis. He got cut because the Browns had to make some room for Sean Watson. At $230 million, yeah, you got to figure it out, Jack. <laughs> Whatever you can save, you got to save, and they'll figure out the rest later because the Browns have – I know they're a horrible organization, but they have been amazing at drafting offensive linemen. My goodness. Like, we've, we've – po- we, the, 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 the Falcons understand how, how they get down with offensive linemen too because post one before, and Alex Mack, I wouldn't mind dipping, in, dipping my toe back in that water again because, like I said, man, this – the only way Marcus Mariota is going to be successful is that if they're able to run the football. I just don't think that Marcus Mariota can do what Matt Ryan did and squeeze seven wins out of not having any targets, you know, any um, um, viable, proven wide receivers, you know, catching the ball. I know Kyle Pitts came in with some hype, but he still wasn't proven. He was a rookie, and you know, and behind that offensive line and still and not having a run game. Matt is used to used to it. He knows how to you know work his way around it. I don't think Marcus Mario can last, you know, if they aren't able to run the football, protect them in two ways, run by running the football and when he drops back to pass on third down. So yeah, as much as I want to say, go get Akeem Hicks, man. Make that call. He played for the Bears. Yeah, I get it. But uh, I, if they have an opportunity to, to choose between the two, I gotta go with Treader. I just got. I just got to go with the offensive line because I can't have Matt Hennessy and Jalen Mayfield sitting up there playing next to each other next year. Because, hey, we saw what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. And normally I, I would hit you back and say, well, you know, they need this on the. De-. No, I, actually, I will not make that argument today. I will not make the <laughs> counter argument today. I think you make a great point. Um, you know, this offensive line. You know, if you had told me six months ago that they're going to run it back with the same starting five, I would have been like, like, like seriously, like that's that's the fascinating part, right? Like they addressed everything on on the defensive line. They got some, yeah, two edge rushers. You know, they got some linebackers that come in and fill and, and fit the three four system, and and 
you know, it's just like, all right, you got Justin Schaefer, okay. I mean, <laughs> he's a mauler, you know, he's a solid run blocker, but, you know, he had a little issues here at, at UGA, you know. Like, he had to kind of, like, stick around and, and work his way into being a, a legitimate starter. But, man, it's, 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 it's very interesting that, you know, they drafted the way they did. And, you know, that's why I wholeheartedly believe that they are waiting around to – Post June one to see what happens. I, I'm, I'm, I, that's why I'm, I'm totally confident. I'm 100 percent confident that Terry Fontenot is, is going to be working those phones because it is just hard for me to see them bringing that same starting five back from last year. I understand Jalen Mayfield. Let it, let it play out. Hey, you drafted him in the third round. You got to see what's going on with him. I get it, but that center. If you get your a solid center in there, man, like that makes a lot of everybody around him better, hands down. Yeah, I think you're right, and particularly if you know you talk about Marcus Mariota, but if you talk about Desmond Ritter, you want to have a veteran center in there for that young <sighs> on, quarterback man. that can make these line calls. And so, yep. for me, you know, looking at Hennessy, looking at Drew Dahlman, you know, like I am not as worried about the center spot as I am at other positions, like the guy you know, next to them uh, on the offensive line. Um, But like, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like the idea of having that pair, that duo, whatever, whoever it is back to back years playing next to each other at left guard and center to me is it's a, it's a pretty big gamble. And, you know, if signing someone like a JC Treader, you get that veteran center, um, and, and whether it's Desmond Ritter, who's a long-term answer at the quarterback, or the Falcons are dipping back into next year's draft to get their quarterback, having that sort of centerpiece, um, you know, literally uh, uh, along the offensive line makes a ton of sense if you want to maximize and take some of the pressure off of that young guy to recognize some of those blitz calls and, and make the adjustments in the blocking uh, that you want to put that on sort of a veteran center. And, and it's it's a it's a big order. If the Falcons don't go out and get someone like J.C. Treader, you know, the expectations for Matt Hennessy or, or Drew Dahlman are going to be significant this year. I, yeah, I think very, very if, significant. If Jalen Mayfield stinks again for a second year in a row, you know, I, obviously he'll, he'll be criticized for it. But I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, this is – you know, terrible, like, because I, I don't think the expectations are particularly high for Jalen Mayfield going into year two. But I think for a player like Matt Hennessy, um, you know, unlike Caleb McGarry, who's in a contract year, and I think people are just kind of like, well, you know, maybe he figures it out. But if he doesn't, then we're moving on next year. You right, know, exactly. Yeah. Like, Hennessy's a, a guy like this is his golden opportunity to either establish himself as a guy that can be the long term answer here at the center position or the Falcons are looking are almost certainly going to be looking in a different direction next offseason. It's hard for me to imagine a scenario uh, where the Falcons aren't using all that cap space that they have to really address this offensive line and nip these issues in the bud next spring if none of these guys can step up and really resolve it. And Hennessy, I think more so than any of these other guys, really has a golden opportunity ahead of him. So I am – Part of me is interested to see if he can take advantage of that opportunity and thus give him that chance. And that's why I might lean a little bit more towards going out there and getting a D lineman like Akeem Hicks. But I certainly think you would not hear me complaining on this podcast if the Falcons were to <laughs> right. bring in someone like J.C. Treader. 
And you know, and you think about it too, like they ain't even drive the dude. I didn't drive Matt Hennessy. You know, that, that's why I said, you know, I'll probably, I would prefer, you know, them go for the center spot because like if he didn't, if, if you didn't really like what you saw last year, I know a lot of people didn't like what they saw in Matt Hennessy last year. We don't re- necessarily really know. I guess, I guess they like what they saw. I guess they maybe saw some potential in there, but you know, for a guy that you didn't draft, I mean, it's just another, you know, miss for, for the Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn era, which we, we kind of got used to. So, I mean, like, make the move. Make the move, man, to see. to see Because at the end of the day, like, you want to be able to establish yourself. You want to be able to establish a certain type of culture, you know, and they've been they've been preaching the whole competition piece, right? We've been hearing Arthur Smith c- consistently, you know, uh, that be the message coming out of Flowery Branch. Um, that was that's that's a spot that I would like to see more competition at because Drew Dahlman is not competition. I'm sorry, I'm, you just can't sell me on that one. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, and Jarvis, I really appreciate your insight and uh, the compelling conversation we had about the Falcons. We'll have to do it again sometime real soon. Um, I'm always available, my man. <laughs> let the people know, uh, you know, what you and Tanitra got on, uh, you know, on the docket upcoming for ATL day ones and where other, where other places people can hit you up on ATL day ones. We'll be taking another trip out to flowery branch. So we'll be having some, some, uh, some live videos, some live footage. We got a lot of good feedback from it when we were out there last time. So we'll be doing it again. Uh, They'll be at Mercedes Benz on June the 3rd and we'll be live out there. Um, trying to see what's going on with, uh, with the Falcons and the OTAs and just, and all I've asked, you know, uh, I don't ask for much, Aaron, but you know, I just ask everybody, just give me a follow on Twitter at Jarvis D90. Check us, check me out there, man. All right. Go ahead. Smash that like, hit that follow, all that jazz. Uh, Jarvis, really appreciate you joining me on today's episode for locked on Falcons listeners. What is on deck tomorrow? I don't know. So that's a golden opportunity for you guys to steer the ship a little bit. I think we'll probably talk about post June one moves a little bit further. Maybe, I don't know. Talk about some of the ongoing free agents. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But if you guys want to sort of steer the ship, uh, of course you can do so by providing your feedback. We might do another mailbag or something like that. You can hit me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons. Uh, you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. Of course you can leave a comment here on the lockdown Falcons YouTube channel. And while you're on sitting, submitting those questions to lockdown Falcons on Twitter, go ahead and follow Jarvis D 90 on Twitter as well. So guys, that's, maybe what's in store for tomorrow's episode. I hope really hope you uh, enjoy today's episode Uh, until then.